Rabbi Yehuda Sarna is with us live via telephone, executive director of the Bronfen Center for Jewish Student Life at New York University, NYU. For the purposes of this conversation and for the recent conversations we've had with Rabbi Sarna, he was appointed and remains chief rabbi of the Jewish community of the United Arab Emirates, an appointment that was made back in 2019. Rabbi Yehuda Sarna, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to be back, uh, and there's so much going on now. Enough, I don't know what exactly you want to talk about, but I got a lot to report. Oh, I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I was curious: Are you in our neighborhood now, or are you in the I, Middle I, East? I'm, I'm, I'm in New York now. I'm in New York now, but <laughs> but I feel like I'm I feel like I'm uh, I'm across the ocean. I feel like I'm in in Dubai right now because I I, I see. Uh, CNN just did a a story on the the first Holocaust exhibit uh, uh, in the in the Gulf region. Oh the wow! Gulf, this was the this, this was the impetus for us getting you on the air. That's great. It's just this 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 just happened. Yeah. CNN ran the story last week, and uh, it's an amazing story. Actually, um, it was first reported uh, on Yom HaShoah, uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day, wow. uh, and um, uh, the story behind it is this. There's a fellow named Ahmed El-Mansouri, amazing guy, mm-hmm. uh, Emirati guy, very worldly. Uh, he's run a few think tanks. He, spent, he studied in the United States uh, when he was younger, and um, he has a private collection of all different kinds of things, including Napoleon's maps and, and, uh, and uh, a letter from Theodore Herzl and a, a copy of the Balfour Declaration. Very worldly guy. So he, he started his collection, and then uh, the Dubai Authority said, hey, why, why don't you make a little museum? So he called it the Crossroads of Civilizations Museum. <laughs> and when I was there for Pesach, he says, uh, Rabbi Sarna, I want to make an exhibit about the Holocaust. We, there's no Holocaust. We have to tell the story. And, uh, and he had recently hired two Israelis to work for him. Why? Because he said when Israeli tourists started coming in they, to, to, and they visited his museum, they said, oh, why is, you know, this picture over here, that picture over there? Why is there no explanation? And he said every Israeli who came through had an opinion. Finally, he was fed <laughs> up. He said, listen, you want to change it? You work here. Okay, I'll pay you. you work. Anyway, so he hired these two young people, enormously talented, Yael and Ben, and he tells them on Pesach, he says, we need an exhibit, a Holocaust exhibit. Of course, Yom HaShoah is, you know, uh, 10 days later. But these guys, they worked together like 24 hours a day. And he dedicated one room to a Holocaust exhibit. And, um, and then just a few days after Pesach, Yom HaShoah, we opened the exhibit. Um, Rabbi uh, Ari Berman, the president of Yeshiva University, came over from, uh, he was in Israel at the time. He, he came over, he spoke, and a number of other people spoke. But here's the key. We decided to focus the exhibit, not only on telling the story, of course, but also on Arabs who stood up during the Holocaust against Hitler, the risk of their own life or their own standing to save Jewish people. I hear your wife. And, uh, I hear your wife was one of the beneficiaries. So my so my wife's family, which uh, is a cousin, Carla, her great aunt, essentially, was saved in Berlin by an Arab doctor named Mohammed Helmi. Helmi is, to date, the only righteous among the Gentiles who is Arab. Muslim, there are many more, but Arab, he's Egyptian, he was Egyptian, Sudanese. The only righteous among the Gentiles who was recognized by Yad Vashem, and, um, and, and that was in 2012, 2013. 
And we decided that that would be the right way to tell the story through the eyes of Arab upstanders against Hitler. Pretty amazing. Rabbi Yehuda Sarn is with us. By the way, we should mention that this uh, event that we're alluding to, which was the official opening of the UAE Crossroads of Civilizations Museum, uh, did include presentations by the uh, Israeli ambassador to the UAE, the German ambassador to the UAE, and the many other distinguished uh, people. Rabbi Sarna, of course, is chief rabbi of the UAE. You have to uh, address for a moment, Rabbi Sarna, and you and I had an opportunity after our trip to Dubai to speak uh, uh, somewhat about this, about some of the revelations that I experienced, and therefore the listeners experienced through us uh, during our trip to Dubai. Uh, we talk about indoctrination. We talk about how dangerous the indoctrination of the young is uh, in those countries where they insist on spreading hate and uh, denouncing Jews. And, of course, even worse than that, not just denouncing. Um, the, the opposite has to be true. When, when the UAE or the people that you are associated with there in the UAE feel the need to spread messages of how terrible anti-Semitism is, and how we have to recognize the, you know, the Jewish enemies through the generations, specifically the Nazis in this case, who've tried to annihilate the Jews and how horrible that is, I can only imagine the impression that makes on everybody in the UAE, but specifically the young people. And we came back, as you know, with this, with this uh, you know, revelation that we could actually have civil conversation with people from the Arab world. We discovered that in the UAE. I would say it's a step further. We're dealing with people who have tremendous respect for and want to spread positive messages about their neighbors. Uh, I mean, absolutely. And here's the important thing to understand. It goes a, even a step deeper. This is not just about the Emiratis having the openness to understand history from, and to listen to our story, to listen to the Jewish story, to understand it you know, the moments of suffering uh, that, that we've gone through, because, of course, that's essential to building a relationship if you don't understand another person's story. And right. by the way, there's a lot of listening that we need to do also. Right, you know, correct. We, we also need to do our, our share of listening. So this right. is always a two-way street, and that's something we need to learn. But, but here is the, here's the really important thing. For them, the Holocaust represents not just something that was very significant in, in the history of the Jewish people. The Holocaust represents what happens to humanity when the guardrails against extremism and radicalization are down. The spread of Nazism and the, um, and the, 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 the devolvement of, of humanity into, 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 into a, a, a Nazi regime that could commit the atrocities that it did. This is not just about it's not about Germans, it's not only about Nazis, it's about the nature of human beings. And we are all susceptible to radicalization. We're all susceptible to radicalization. And we must learn from the past, no matter who you are, whether you're Arab, you're Jewish, you're European, you're German, you're, whoever you are, you have to understand humanity is given to, uh, to extremism. Yeah. And one They're of the so main fragile. things that keeps us, that holds us back, is when... We, uh, we, uh, we encounter people from different backgrounds, and yeah. we humanize them, and understand that they're also people. And this is something they're fighting tooth and nail in the region. Yep. We are, you, you we... know, the tooth and nail in the region. They, and if you notice, during, during the, the conflict you know, between Hamas and Israel, they did not come out as big Hamas supporters. Right. You know, I, don't, I, don't think they, the I don't think they said just a word about it. Yeah. Just, oh, oh, just the opposite. In fact, there was just an article that was published 
by someone named Ali al Nuemi, who has been uh, really at the forefront of, um, uh, uh, of various developments on this front, big proponent of Holocaust education in the Gulf region. Ali al Nuemi wrote uh, that, um, that it's not uh, uh, the main occupiers of the Gaza Strip is Hamas, who, because of Iran's backing, have essentially held the Palestinians back. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very bold and powerful statement. You know, yeah, the fragility of human beings. That's unfortunately what we're fighting. How, and that's where the extremism comes from, because uh, it is so. You have to. One has to be disciplined to stay level-headed. Frankly, <laughs> it's much easier to become extreme, especially when 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 involved in a difficult situation, whether it be poverty or, or whatever the case may be, or being led by people that uh, you know are influencing one in a negative way. It, honestly, it was one of the frustrating things about about our visit there. That I, I, I and and one of the frustrating things that I think all of us uh, go through every time there's a conflict in Israel that leads to our brothers and sisters being under rocket attack by thousands of rockets and seeing you know buildings being blown up um, by Israeli military. You know, you 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 say to yourself, or you would you address the you know the um, the residents of Gaza and 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 say, do you see this example that the UAE is setting? Do you see the prosperous lives that they're leading? Do you see what peace and real peacefulness can bring and how amazing a a family and community you can grow and raise if done in the proper manner? And it's frustrating because as you just said, you know, this conflict is <laughs> you know, is all about again fragility of the human being, extremism, etc. And and we have a perfect example. You're living it. You're back and forth in the UAE all the time. A perfect example of what hard work toward peace can actually accomplish. There, there is uh, there is hope. I mean, there is hope. I, I mean, I, I think that um, from the rubble in Gaza, it is very very hard to to look out and 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 to you know to see a different future. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. But, um, you know, from, from your mouth to God's ears, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, this is really, this is the Tzilah. I mean, this is, what this is what we all hope. How frustrated are your friends in the UAE with their cousins in Gaza? They must be ten times more frustrated than I am. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I've been, you know, following the, the media in the UAE, and... Um, What's interesting is the consistent critique, uh, not of Palestinians per se, but of other countries in the region, notably Iran, who have been funding Hamas. Yep. And uh, I think that the, um, a number of years ago, there was an article, I think during 2014, an uh, article by Mati Friedman, who used to write for the Associated Press, no longer, and, and Mati wrote a brilliant critique of the way uh, conflicts in Israel are usually reported uh, because the frame is focused on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict when the truth is the frame has to be widened a little bit and seen in the context of the Iranian-Israeli conflict, so which I think is the more accurate frame. So and, true. We always use the and expression. Any, and any country in the, in, the, uh, in the Middle East, North African region who has had encounters with Iranian proxies gets this. Yeah. They all get it. This is, of course, there's an Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but 
more significantly, there's an Iranian-Israeli conflict, right. and that's really at the root here. Yeah, and we always refer to them as proxies, and uh, we don't realize how accurate that is, frankly. Rabbi Yehuda Sarna is with us, chief rabbi of the UAE. Is, uh, is, is the corridor between uh, the U.S. and uh, Israel and the UAE open now? I, I'm, I'm referring specifically, can people travel freely now to the UAE with the whole COVID situation or not? Uh, yeah, they, uh, you just got to get your COVID test, but um, it's been open the whole time. And Yeah, but there were uh, some weeks in January and February where they were cracking yeah, down. Yeah, and was, No, but everything's, everything is back in business. Uh, you know, uh, thank God uh, each of these two, three countries, all the rates are going down. I mean, Israel particularly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, but even right here in New York City, I mean, I think we're close. We're getting close to the seventy percent vaccination rate. Are you going to have uh, a normal? Are, are you going to have a normal fall on campus or not? We don't know that. We don't know when that will you? Know. When will you know? I I don't know. You got to ask the governor. I don't know. You got to ask the mayor. I don't know. You got to ask Malcolm Siegel. Your guess is as good as mine. It seems absurd to me that they wouldn't already declare that in the fall. Things would be back to you know close to normal, if not completely normal. But I don't know. I guess, I guess student life is so uh, you know everybody's so together that maybe they have to take more precautions. Yeah, I think they're a little machmir. Yeah, it's to be machmir. But Nahum, let me take you back for one, uh, another second because there's sure. another uh, another very important development happening in Dubai, which I wanted to share with you and, and your listeners uh, for the next time that you visit. Um, there is a uh, um, an adult education center that's also uh, about to open. Uh, there's a, a, a really fantastic family that has uh, opened up a, a villa that they uh, that they've acquired, uh, renovated it, and it will be open for classes of all kinds. You know, Hebrew language and and Jewish culture, Jewish history uh, lectures, and book launches, and book clubs, and so and that's. Uh, that's going to be uh, open in Dubai. My hope is uh, early next month. And we're not, not going to make a big deal about it. You know, we're going to do a soft launch. We're not going to make a big deal about it. There's not going to be big pizzazz right away. A Jewish family um, did this? Yes, a Jewish family, amazing Jewish family. So, uh, and, and uh, so, but hopefully, you know, come October, November, when, when uh, when it's real tourist season there, right. and people begin to visit, uh, it should definitely be on people's uh, on people's uh, uh, itinerary. And then, then the other thing is uh, that, and many people have heard this, but they don't necessarily know, the World Expo, just like New York hosted it you know, decades ago, and right. the World Expo is it was postponed from 2020. Right. It will be in 2021 uh, in Dubai. I visited the pavilions. Uh, I think there's 200 countries which have pavilions, including Israel, including the United States, of course. Magnificent. What month is that? Is it now? or October. No, October. it's starting in October. It's opening October. Oh, right after uh, right Yontif. After, well, after, of course, they have to wait till after Yontif, right. you know. <laughs> so right after... Right, <laughs> right after <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's going to open and from October, I think it's through March. And that will be unbelievable. Can Unbelievable. I, can so I, many good reasons to go and visit uh, during uh, uh, between October and March. Yeah, and a lot more kosher food there now than there was when I was there. Yeah. Uh, can I assume? Yeah. Can I assume the Holocaust Memorial exhibit's open to the public? I assume it is, right? It is open to the public. It is open to the public, and I think it's extremely important for people to go to visit. Um, you got to meet this guy, Ahmed Al Mansouri. 
Godwin, and he's formed a really wonderful relationship with members of the Jewish community. Jean Candiot, who's, uh, who's a board member of the Jewish Council of the Emirates, has been instrumental in developing this, and Rabbi Ali Abadi has played an important role. On. But this guy, Ahmed, I mean, he is the embodiment of, of, of the name of his museum, the Crossroads of Civilization. Yeah. Embodiment he, of humanity. He, yeah, and, 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 and he's such a great role model, not just for Emiratis, Right. But for Jewish people also, I mean, his openness and his uh, his vision is uh, is unbelievable. Rabbi Sarna, I know somebody who right now is in one of those countries. I wouldn't say it publicly that you know we've been hearing about could possibly be you know next to make some type of peace agreement with Israel. Are you familiar with what's happening in that arena? Should we expect more announcements from other countries in that region, or you wouldn't hold your breath right now? I would not hold my breath. I I prefer to be surprised. I I don't know. I don't know. My efforts are not, you know, I'm not a, a politician, I'm not right. a political person. So my focus is on deepening more so than broadening uh, Abraham Accords. In right. other words, I want to get deep between Israeli society, American Jewish community, and, and the UAE, uh, and the Emiratis. That's, I want to go deeper. So one of the things that I'm working on is actually working with a number of uh, different uh, youth initiatives to bring uh, youth together. The, the, the Minister of Youth Affairs in the United Arab Emirates is an NYU alum. She went to NYU Abu Dhabi. She's an am, uh, amazing uh, visionary uh, uh, woman. Uh, her name is Shama Al-Mazroy. Really, I mean, uh, un, unbelievable. So, uh, and, and she and her office have been such great partners. And I, I want to expose... You know, American Jewish high school students, college students, uh, even like people in their twenties and thirties who are stepping up in leadership positions in the Jewish community. Right. Uh, I, I'm bringing them over um, to uh, to have encounters with Emirati youth counterparts to yeah. really understand the world from their perspective as well. Yeah, noble task to say the least, in my opinion. Uh, Kent, thank you enough, Rabbi Sarna. Thanks for bringing all this to our attention. There's some hope out there, Rabbi Sarna. There is hope out there. What can I tell you? <laughs> there well, is hope, despite the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, there is hope, and and uh, and Odlo of Tikvatenu. Never. I mean, that's what it means. Yeah. You know, we can never, ever, 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 ever give up hope. Tadaraba, thanks so much for joining us. Continued success on both sides of the world. <laughs> amen, amen, and great success to you. Appreciate that. Rabbi Yehuda Sarda, many of you know him, of course, from NYU. Uh, known to the people around the globe as the chief rabbi of the UAE. And yeah, this is all the things he said were significant, but this Holocaust Memorial exhibit that it now exists in the UAE and how it came about, simply remarkable. Wednesday morning broadcast, Erev Rosh Chodesh, JM in the AM.